0: Welcome to episode 120. I'm Sabrina Lynn and this is Rewilding. We are really mixing some things up in the podcast and I'm loving it. I'm loving that we're able to go to places that we don't normally go to and weave different insights in and different threads in and different words in to describe things that we aren't normally able to do. Um, This particular episode is Leona, who is a dear member of the Rewilding team and has been Rewilding for four years and has been a part of the team for, I think, a year now or close to a year now. Um, We get to talk about, I don't know, kind of personal things that I wouldn't normally talk about. We asked in our Facebook group, which if you're not a member of, you are so welcome to do that. Just search Sabrina Lynn or Rewilding for Women and you'll find us. But we asked in the group, what would you most like to hear? Like what most serves? What's most valuable? What's most useful for you? And hands down on the poll that we put in the Facebook group, it was like, give us some like personal stories. Give us some stories of, of the path and... What we did in this interview was to share some of that stuff, but in a way that hopefully brings tons of insights, tons of tangible. And part of what Leo is so incredibly good at doing is she's really good at making things tangible and real world and something you can sink your teeth into. Where I know sometimes I can get really esoteric and really high level she like grounds it in and brings it down to life in a way that is such a gift to her and i'm so grateful for this interview i'm so grateful to work with her Um, and i'm so grateful to be here with you i'm grateful that we get to share this conversation and i hope that it serves you i hope that you're able to listen to it from a place of like open-hearted and allowing for insights to drop in and allowing your mind to wander maybe off into places of aha moments or oh my gosh this is how this weaves into my life or oh i get it but really if you can be in that kind of open state and and allow just allow for whatever wisdom to bubble up or whatever truth we talk a lot about being in our truth a lot about following our truth a lot about being in our bodies and listening to our bodies. And it's just a really beautiful conversation that I'm incredibly excited to share with you. All right. So enjoy this episode.
1: Hello everyone. Thank you for joining us for this very special conversation. My name is Leona and this is Sabrina, Sabrina Lynn. Uh, and we are going to have a conversation today about Sabrina's life and evolution, and however that weaves in. And she's, um, I work for the Rewilding for Women and the Sabrina Lynn team as the media manager. And she has graciously asked me to join her today. And I'm very excited and I'm very nervous, but I'm mostly excited. It's going to be so perfect. <laughs> and I'm so happy you said yes. <laughs> so uh, there's... I have a lot of notes. I'm very excited. I feel like I finally get to, I get to ask you all the questions that I've been personally dying to know, but like, don't want to be nosy about, (laughs) but the people have spoken and they want to know. So for those of you who don't know, in our Facebook group right now, we put up a poll asking people what they wanted to know whether it was more about the spiritual path, more about the path of coming home to self, which we just worked through a lot in the reunion experience, or if it was about Sabrina's personal story and that one won by far. So if you're interested, uh, everyone's welcome to join us in that Facebook group. Uh, You can just search Sabrina Lynn or Rewilding for Women and it'll pop up. So uh, I'm trying to decide where to start um I think what I want to start with is I know a little bit of your story already uh, and I would love to just start with what I feel like was at least from what I've heard it was like a big shift from you like where you had everything you thought you wanted and it wasn't working and how you just how how you found the courage to push through and not dig in deeper to what you were already doing
0: oh good one I love it start with the uh the pain point and and it really was like a, a pain point of for me it was almost needing to be so uncomfortable in my life and so unfulfilled and so empty um not in a good empty kind of way. Like we've just worked within reunion around the divine masculine consciousness empty, but that lack of fulfillment um, and, and the, the pain that came from that really of just, and, and this feeling inside of myself that there has to be more. They're just, this can't be it. This this cannot be it to life because this is horrible. <laughs> this is And I had a great life from the outside looking in. I had a great life. I had a great job. I had a great husband. I had uh, like good amount of money to be able to kind of do whatever I wanted to do. And I had all of the things and it looked like I was having this beautiful, amazing life. And it was not, it was not. And so to kind of go a little bit further, you know, I kind of felt like I had, you know, like two options. One, I could numb out. One, I could stick with it. And I could try to convince myself that having this corporate job was enough. Having this marriage was enough. Having this home and the boats and the vacations and the all of that, I could convince myself, but I knew that I would have to numb out in some way. I would have to like anesthetize parts of myself. I would have to continue getting drunk on the weekends. I would have to, a big part for me was um, running, was exercising, was I would run marathons. I would run in the woods for hours upon hours, upon hours, upon hours. And that was a part of my way of escaping as well. It was also some of my like great insights came and great downloads and connection to like nature and and different aspects of spirituality happened then too. But there was an element of escapism in that too. And I think for me personally, it was my, there was just a belief in me of or knowing, and it was like deep, deep down, buried in my bones, way beyond mental constructs or what I had read in books or what people were telling me or all of that, like deep down in my bones, like my brain couldn't even go there, but deep in my bones, this knowing that, and this trusting that there is more. I'm not crazy here. I'm not crazy. I don't need to listen to my friends who are saying, hey, just take this antidepressant life gets really smooth. I didn't have to listen to my husband saying like, what's your problem? Let's just get drunk on the weekends. What, why isn't that fun? It used to be fun in college. What's wrong with you? There was a deeper a, a, a belief, really a, a deeper belief and trust in that, that there was more. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think so many people can probably resonate with that. Um, I know I can. Uh, And I just want to dig in a little bit to that point of like, that knowing there's more. Like I, like I at one point in my life was also on antidepressants and didn't. And for me, it was, it was exactly what I needed to do at that moment and so perfect and was what got me through this, a certain phase in my life. But how did you know that like, antidepressants were going to be an escape and not like a healing tool like do you have any guides for people who are going through that feeling of like figure out what's like quote-unquote right or better what's true to them
0: oh that's a great question woman and how it feels now is very different than how it felt back then so now i have a whole different set of tools for discerning truth or true self from false self from you know, intuitive, deep, wise, knowing from little Sabrina fear. Like there's a whole different set of discernment pieces and tools and ways my body talks to me. Um, Like I've learned a whole different language really. And it gets easier. Like now it's just like instantaneously boom, 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 boom. You just know, and you can feel based on what your body does or how an emotion pops up or just a flash of an insight that's now, But if I were to feel back to then, I feel so dense back then. It's really fun, Leo. I love that you're asking me questions about back then. I feel so like dense and heavy and foggy is really how it feels when I feel back into that like mid-20 year old Sabrina. But feeling into it, what was it? Hmm honestly it was just this i would pray a lot i would i would pray a lot and i would say please make it loud please make it loud because i'm so dense and i can easily get pulled into directions that might not be true for me but so please make it loud and i would i would talk to my body like please make it loud i would talk to whatever i was connecting into at the time god god is divine spirit soul like just make it loud so i know like so that it's so and i would even say this because this is me in my like radical way of praying but make it painful like make the the wrong choices or the the slow choices or the not serving choices or the not high choices, like make it painful, like make it so that I, I know because I'm dense and I'm not wise here. So just make it so that I, I, it's very, very clear. And that's what really helped. And also like hindsight being 2020, like I got to also do this little reflection when I was in my twenties and go, okay, when did a, when did I make a choice? And it just blew up in my face and, and then taking myself back and going, I actually had a bellyache. I had a bellyache when I made that choice. And to go, my, my guts could not digest that choice and it was trying to tell me bad choice. And so I did this piece around reflecting the hindsight 2020. How was I, what were my markers? what was the loud piece that I still wasn't picking up on because I was still making the, I was still choosing from a falser self.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you for explaining that. Um, I think, yeah, so that brings up um, something I would love to go into talking about your markers and like learning to embrace this body wisdom, because that is so much of your work. And that is a huge part of what drew me to rewilding four years ago um, was like it rewilding. Sabrina Lynn has this essence of bringing like the enlightenment to the body. And how, how did you get there? How did you find that? Like for so many people, we get there through your work And we're sitting here wondering like, how did you do that without future you? (laughs) Um,
0: Let me feel, okay. Can you give me one more question, Leo? Cause I feel like there's still like three threads that I could go down. And if you could specify one more layer, I know that
1: we'll be able to pull out what it is that we're attempting to pull out. Definitely. So I would say, how did you go from something needs to change to like, I'm going to trust my body to help me, to guide me where I want to go. Awesome. Okay. How did you go from something feels bad to like, these are markers. These are signs. I love that.
0: Um, it was honestly, it was not until I started working with the feminine. It legitimately, and I was on the spiritual path for a good long time before working with the feminine, before working with the divine feminine, before working with the essence of energy and of life force that comes up from from below, that comes up through the body, through the depths. Um, You can call it Shakti, you can call it, you know, sometimes we call it Kundalini awakening when it's rising up or that form of Shakti as Kundalini, but, and working with the the different aspects and elements of the feminine, it, really that aspect of spirit or that aspect of energy is what physically worked on my body to allow the wisdom happening in my body to almost be able to translate to my mind. It's so wild to talk about, but it's almost as if it was... Un- it was- And I had worked with top-down initiations, light pouring in through my head, right? Like lightning bolt energy, huge. And for me, just a way of talking about it was those were very masculine-based energies, very, um, it's top-down, it's lightning-like, it's consciousness itself. and, And it's beautiful and they're amazing and they're glorious and both are for me anyways, and this is what reunion is all about, is that both bring very different gifts and there's a sacred union that happens between the two. And that's um, that's kind of the direct path to me is a kind of a way of talking about that. But it really wasn't until, I was probably a couple of years in that and all the traditions that I was, I was studying in like Buddhism, um, even shamanic practices that I was studying were not embodied. They were not um, bottom-up energy. They were not working with Shakti. They were not working with the embodiment of spirit. They were working with the transcended element of spirit that brought you into nothingness, which is what the majority of practices out there are. The majority of spiritual paths bring you into consciousness itself, bring you into nothingness, all those meditations around No thought, no thought, no thought, nothingness, nothingness, nothingness. I was legitimately being trained to transcend my body in all of those. And and those are beautiful fucking practices. And I have such deep respect for all of those traditions and all of those um, spiritual technologies. They're amazing. But it wasn't helping me to connect to the deep creative sexual juice wisdom of the feminine in my body. So I had no idea. I thought rage was bad. Like at the very start of my spiritual path. Rage is bad. Must be bad. Must be bad. It not. It's wise as, as hell. Like it is so wise. It's telling me a boundary of mine has just been crossed. Paul. Little did I know. And as like the poor little sensitive empath that I was at the start, just no idea. Okay. i I'm, there must be something wrong with me or my belly's not working right. Okay. There must be something wrong with me. Let me go back up to peace, bliss, nothingness. Meanwhile, I can't digest anything that's going on. I can't eat anything, digest anything. Cause my body's like, where are you? What is going on? Like, and it was almost as if my body was saying take me with you i'm divine too i'm love and i'm light like don't forget about me i have so much wisdom let me show you let me tell you let your emotion let let the emotions be a guide let the gut aches be a guide let the whole of your body just be divine stop trying to bypass me transcend me escape from me, I, I am a part of the divine.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, I really resonate with that. Um, and what's coming up for me right now is I'm remembering a number of posts in our uh, Facebook group around people being, people being afraid of those intense emotions. Like people being so used to this love and light, which is like a beautiful thing when it's paired with the depths. But when you're only used to love and light, like I, my very good friend is like scared to go into those emotions because she's worried, she said she's worried she'll be trapped. She is worried she'll never come out. So how did you work through that and what advice do you have for people who are feeling like they're looking down the barrel of a gun of their own emotions. Yeah.
0: This was the best advice that I received and it's the best advice that I pass forward. When we are at that point in our journey with opening up to emotions, instead of bottling them up or denying certain ones and we, we start to em- embrace them the best thing that I heard, because I too, when that first started opening, I, I was a little girl who was told, big girls don't cry. We, we are strong women in this family. We don't cry. We don't emote in that way. We nope, we put on a happy face and we get on with it. right?" So I had a ton of repressed emotions, a ton of energy that I was carrying around from years and years and years and years of keeping a lid on it. So when I came to the feminine, it was like, if I take the lid off of this, I will, one, I I will explode. I I probably won't make it (laughs) is how it like felt in my being. And two, I'm going to obliterate everything and everyone around me. Like this is, or I'm gonna cry for six months straight and I won't be able to live my life. I won't be able to stay with the responsibilities that I have. I won't be able to do my job. I won't be able to put food on the table. I won't won't be able to communicate because I'm gonna cry for six months straight for all of the tears that I have not cried. And what was so beautiful was that being explained to me, that when we first take the lid off, it's like opening up all that we have stashed in there, all that we have kept hidden, all and and this was helpful for me too. It's not just things from like this life that I can remember, is that it goes way beyond what my mind can comprehend. And to let that go, let the mind piece go of it has to make sense. I have to know why I'm crying for weeks on end. I have to know why I'm raging at every masculine being that walks past me on the street. Like to let that go and also to to be told that (laughs) there's light on the other side of this tunnel and it gets really beautiful and it gets really amazing. And there is this period of releasing. There is this period of, purification there is this period of giving space to all of the pent up emotions all of the blocked up energies that we've got in our systems and you know that's kind of a lot of what the rewilding work was at the start was just giving us these safe spaces these safe spaces and these big beautiful practices that open kind of take the lid off and give us the space to get you know, another practice that I was, thing that I was told and what I share is, find the safe spaces, find the safe spaces where you can roar it out and we're not directing it at our significant other or our dad or our mom. Find the spaces and find the practices and find the teachers who can hold that and the, you know, and the, uh, just the, where it is safe and it is held and it can be loved as we, you're, you're legitimately just transmuting it. You're transmuting everything that is not love into love. In, in, that's that's part of what it is. It was long winded.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a big smile on my face because, uh, yeah, just like I recently, especially have come to this it feels like a groundbreaking conclusion, but I'm sure many people have come to the same conclusion before me of just how big love is. Like if you think about, we say love and light, or we say like, I don't know, like give them love, like share love, like yes, but think about the person who loves you the most in the world, the person who would die for you. Like their love is not always appeasement. It's not always like kindness. It's not always niceness. Sometimes it's like step up. Sometimes it's like, I will sob here with you. So expanding this definition of light, love and really realizing that we have been taught from so many different angles. Like everywhere in society, culture, pop culture, advertising, we are told that emotions aren't happiness that aren't lust that aren't comfort are bad and how to get rid of them as rapidly as possible instead of being like like your anger is an expression of love for yourself of love for the people that you care about of you saying no you have passed a boundary and i'm saying that with love sadness is like an outpouring of love (laughs) thank you for bringing that in because I've been really I've been going through a lot of emotions for the last couple of days this full moon has got me a little messed up (laughs) and just being able to sit in each emotion and sob and still and still um like have love for my current experience and know that it is love and know that I wouldn't I don't
0: want to be anywhere else. Oh, woman, (sighs) the best words to that. You have such a magic for communicating for words, or even like giving the transmission of love expanded. Like love has so many more expressions. And instead of limiting it to appeasement and smile on her face or whatever form of love that we've limited it to to really let it expand yeah i really honor that gift you. least so beautiful
1: uh yeah and just knowing that like like we worked a lot in the reunion experience that we just had with heart energy and realizing that like your heart is so much bigger, first of all, than your physical heart, your energetic, your wisdom center heart can hold it all. And it was built to hold it all. And it gives it purpose. It gives it meaning to hold it all and to carry you through it and to show you like, I will break a thousand times and I will come back stronger and bigger and more loving every time. And just having that reminder in your own chest. Like when you, I always tell whoever is coming to back with that question to me of like, I'm scared. Like the first time you let yourself hold yourself, like hold the fullness of your emotions, you will prove to yourself that you are so much stronger than you ever thought you were. And like that, that will carry you so far.
0: I love that. Here's a little bit because I know in our Facebook group everyone was like, give us the personal stuff, give us the inside stuff, Sabrina. We want to know like the personal stuff. Here's a here's like a, a vulnerable personal share. For the last my my private practices shift and changed a lot. But one of my practices over the last, I would say probably six months, and I've woven in and out of this practice a few times, but really strongly is almost holding this intention of just let my heart break let it break like break it shatter it and for me it's that's the invitation of like letting it explode and letting it expand beyond just little heart little love into just let my heart break because every time my heart breaks it it's, it's a breaking to allow me to love bigger, to love more, to really walk, through. and this is the path of the feministics, right? You'll read about all of this and all of the books that they've ever written. It's about this capacity to, you love every aspect of life. There is nothing that you do not love about this world. Nothing, nothing. So to me, in the breaking of the heart, when we start to get get to, you know, higher and higher levels of love, it is just break my, and your prayer literally becomes break my heart, like shatter it wide open because in the breaking, in the shattering, it's shattering me away from like, love looks like this immature teenage relationship with a boy, right? Which is what love looked like to me when I was 18 and probably 25 and probably still in my early thirties, right? Or love looks like, and it's just, yeah. So woman, I love that you're weaving this invitation to just let love be so much bigger. And, and also weaving in that wisdom from the feminine path. The feminine path is a path of love. It is a path of
1: love. And, uh, yes, I, I got chills when you were saying that. And just like the reiteration that came up is like, love is not condoning. Like you can love something that you can love someone who is doing terrible things. Just like you can like, you can love a child. You can love a sibling. You can love a parent, even though you don't condone their behavior, just like and it's, it's not immediate, but just like pushing yourself a little bit farther of like, whew, is there space in me to say that's not acceptable and to be like, I love your, like, your being. I don't love your actions. I don't have to love any of your actions, but I can love the essence of you, the, your soul, even if it's expressing itself in some really wounded, distorted ways.
0: Yes. That's- when so You are so good at like grounding it and bringing things to this tangible way of sinking our teeth into it. And I love that so much. It, it is so that it's, we actually have stronger boundaries. We actually have clearer boundaries. We are actually more discerning the more that we love. And it is, I will not accept that. I do not condone that but I do not take it personal. That's another thing that happens on this path is it's not personal to me. I get that that is just a soul doing what that soul needs to do in this world, to grow, to evolve, to express itself, to learn the lessons it came here to learn. It's not even personal to me. It's not, so it becomes very, very different. We start to live from this, like I sometimes call it the bird's eye view, but it's this, and it's not that, We don't get to, I think sometimes when I say like, we don't take it personal, we start to think like, oh, well, I don't want to live from that place. Like that place seems so disembodied or disconnected, or I want to love personally. I want to have romantic love. I want to have, you know, like deep, strong connections. And I'm not saying that it becomes that in any way, shape or form connections, deepen. intimacy deepens all of those things deepen, but we can, it's, it's just different just different.
1: Uh, I think that's a perfect segue into another question that we've gotten from the group and that I've been wondering is just like, this is a two-part question. So one grand scale, like what is it like, how do you move through the world maintaining this perspective and maintaining, working to maintain this alignment like in what ways is it hard in what ways it is is it easy and what are your kind of daily practices your daily rituals that help you continue to walk this path in a world that is like screaming opposite at you constantly
0: yeah that's a great that's such a great question there's a i'm gonna suggest a resource and when I suggest resources, I'm always so hesitant and leery because I know that what resonates for me may not resonate for someone else. And this guy's a, like a elder priest, right? I think people just hear that and they're instantly like, no, 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 no. Um, but he um, is a very wise, 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 wise soul who has very much transcended religion and He talks about, there's a book or an audio book. I'm not sure if it's a written book. I've only listened to the audio book, but it's called like the second half of life or something about the second half of life. I might get those those words wrong. But, and he speaks about it and life really, really changes as we walk this path. Life really changes what we're drawn to, how we're drawn to spend our time, re- who we're drawn to be with really changes. Re- the things that filled me in my 20s, there is nothing <laughs> around many of those things that are at all sustenance for me now. They are not nourishing. They're not fulfilling. They are not fun. They're actually just mostly painful. (laughs) Um, And so part of it is also, I want to say that what is nourishing and nurturing and true for me and how I live my life is not what's true for the next person next to me and how they live their life. But for me, and this is a big part of like, that section in Richard Rohr's book is as we kind of move up and up and up and up in our own evolution or our own like level of love or our own level of, you know, soul, living from soul. Life typically gets quieter. We typically set up our environments because the subtle realms become so loud. The unseen becomes so loud. That tree over there and I, we could get into a big long thing where I could never have done that in my twenties. So for me, like on a tangible physical level, life is, looks very quiet to the outside world, like very quiet. I um, I love being alone. For me, I love being alone. I love, and now in my 20s, I hated being alone, hated it. I was the extroverted, always having parties, you know, like the, just constantly on the phone talking with friends. I had this huge group of friends. I was always connecting in. To me, that would fry my system at this point in a way that it it doesn't even feel good. Um, I'm gonna throw the ball back into your court, Leo, because I feel like you have a way that you'll be able to even to bring this in even deeper or to ask me a more specific question that will serve even more.
1: How did you know? I'd already thought of two. Uh, So I think what I'm hearing you say is one to like embrace the change, like embrace the fact that what you'll be called to practices that you'll be called to will be constantly changing. So the first question I have is just learning to follow that internal guidance. Like it seems like, it is so much of what you talk about is following that internal guidance. So like starting that process, ground level, someone maybe doesn't even know what their intuition is. Okay. Can't tell it from the chatty voice in their head. How can you, can you give us some like incremental steps to work up to this place where you're really living from this like check-in, like checking in oneself. Okay, this direction, checking myself. Okay, this direction.
0: Love it. It, it brings me, uh, the thought that comes to mind is what we're working on in Immersion. So Immersion, the 12 month program that we're holding. And one of our first practices was taking inventory. One of our very first practices was taking inventory. This, this place of coming to reflection over your life. What doesn't fit anymore? There are things in your life that do not fit anymore. And we're just almost like dragging the anchor along of same, same. It's just they're they're there because they've always been there. Well, I've always done that. Well, let's take a step back and let's look and let's feel. Is talking to my mom every day at 7 a.m. in the morning, is that still valid? Is that still true? How does that feel in my system? Does that help me to feel truer to myself Or do I feel more watery or or like, there's this way of saying true to self is like my balance point. Sometimes that's a way of helping is like, I feel in my center point. I feel in my center. I feel in my balance point. And then feel into, when do you feel in your balance point? Who are you around when you feel in your balance point? What are you doing when you're in your balance point? And go from there, like really get a good sense of when you feel connected You feel like you're connected. You feel in your balance point or your center point. Now, me being in my center point doesn't mean I'm happy, right? My center point can mean I am raging like a wild woman at my man because he's just slipped into unconscious old 15-year-old boy pattern. And the greatest gift of love that I can give him is a collie sword of like, wake up. But I know I'm in my center point. So it's so really like knowing what that feels like amidst all the different expressions (laughs) of love okay i'll throw it back over to you now leo
1: (laughs) yeah uh and what that kind of feels like, like to me is like a place that like a place where you're not running out of energy like a place where you feel like it's this sense of like that balance point is like, you're not about to tip over. Like you feel grounded. You feel solid. You feel like, like, it's not one of those moments where you're like, Oh, I don't know how long I can hold this. Like, you're like, I can hold this. Like, this is where I'm meant to be. This feels good. After so that where it's like, this doesn't like, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of working through the resistance of like, Ooh, like, working through resistance of people pleasing, things like that, but you don't feel like you're like giving of yourself away. You're <laughs>
0: love, that. love that, I love that so much. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Uh, and a question that kind of going a little bit back in your story, but I think would be a beautiful thing to weave in right here is learning just your process about around integrating, like you were a science, you studied science, you studied biochemistry, and then you worked for this like big corporate company and integrating what society has taught us about like this left brain logical thinking versus like your own intuition, going up to spirituality as well, but just like integrating those two things in those two parts of yourself, because many women and men. I mean, the cultural ideal at this point is to be very left-brain logical, but it often leads us just ragged and depressed. So how do you, how did those two parts of your brain like merge and how do they continue to coexist?
0: Oh, I love this. I love this. To me, um, this is the, one of the gifts of reunion, really all of this work that we're doing to bring the masculine and the feminine together, which is also bringing left and right brains together. It's really bringing all of these different pieces into this harmonious dance with each other. So that, and a lot of times what I see is, I'll just start with people who have very masculine based essences early on in their life. And and that was me, I was one of them. It was all like this, aspect of me had more value to it. You know, I was pushed in that direction, get straight A's, go to medical school, be the captain of the rugby team, blah, 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 be the science, logical left brain, all of those things. Ration, reason, logic. You know, I got A's for that. I got, you know, an extra $5 in my allowance for that. Like we've been trained that that's a really good thing. When I started playing the flute, which I legitimately played the flute in sixth or seventh grade. I can't remember. And my family went, but the flute, what the, what happened to her? (laughs) So I was like, Oh, not good. I switched to the trumpet. Seriously. Like that, that is such a good, like tangible example of like, Oh, that's, Oh wait. Oh shoot. I've just done something wrong. I shouldn't play the flute. It's too girly. I should, I'll switch to the trumpet ridiculous. But when we work with both of these aspects, both, you know, we can talk about it in different ways. We could talk about our feminine, our masculine. We could talk about the energy from below, the energy from above. When we start to work with them and we start to integrate them, they start to dance with each other, not against each other, or one isn't overriding the other. But in that process, this is the piece I wanted to share, is that when we are masculine predominant, and then we start to do feminine reclamation work, right? We will swing so far over to the feminine. Oftentimes, this isn't everyone's journey, it's just often. Like we swing so far over to the feminine and we're like, okay, logic is bad, science is bad, ration reason bad, right? We, wait a second, like what have we just done? We've just thrown the baby out with the damn bathwater. And so, but it's sometimes a part of the process and it was definitely a part of my process. So like I have such compassion for this because it was so a part of my process and it was then everything, and you can see this kind of in culture, um, everything gets intuitive and I'm flowing with the moon and oh, it doesn't feel right when I've completely like disregarded my masculine and it's. Gifts. It's gifts of directional, of logic, of ration, of reason, of computing, of holding space, of being consciousness itself. So completely poo pooed that. And then life got really messy for me like ridiculously messy because it was, I'm not like how it showed up for me was suddenly, well, I don't really even care about like making money and not even necessarily knowing that like that's just an energy I like it was this like oh I I just will like flow I'm just gonna flow with life and it was beautiful and it was a huge part of like opening up to my intuitive nature and the flow of my feminine and just like being life force itself but I was out of control like out of control messy And I wasn't allowing my own masculine to hold her, right? That's the piece that I I feel like a good portion of reclamation of the feminine is at. Like, if you're gonna say like, where are we at collectively? We're reclaiming the feminine, but we're not holding her. We're not giving her that beautiful sacred space that the masculine gives her, that witness capacity, that ability to, I see you, I see your fullness, I see your allness, I see all the faces of you. Let me, let me guide, let me witness, let me see the whole thing and let me guide you over here. We just end up in this tornado of like messiness going around in a circle. I know I'm going off on a total tangent here. Um, and it's like a super confession time. That was what it was for me. But then bringing the pieces together and now to go, holy smokes, I have access to all of these things and they're not fighting each other anymore. My logic doesn't fight my intuition, my my rationing, my reasoning doesn't fight my gut feels or or my flows or my emotions don't fight my, I don't know, my, my strength and my, my, sometimes I can have like this German workhorse in me who just like, we are going to get something done now, but they don't battle each other. They're not beating the crap out of each other. They actually help and assist each other. Like my feminine keeps my masculine in line. My masculine is what does keeps going, holds my feminine. And I could keep going on, but I'm going to throw it back over to you, Leo. Cause I can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, um, I love that analogy of kind of like the masculine guides and also like takes into account the feminine, like the feminine is power and like intuition and connection. And the masculine is like this clear clarity and how I experience it a lot of myself. I very recently, like in the last week, thanks to reunion have like Definitely had a breakthrough with embracing my internal masculine. Like for the first time I like really was able to connect to it. So that was awesome. Go reunion. It's best. Um, But what I've realized I can do now is I can. So I was also, I was a neuroscience major with a physics minor pre-med wanted to be a doctor or an astronaut. So I was very logical, very evidence-based and how I've kind of come to reconcile those two in the masculine and feminine is my inner masculine takes into account the evidence of my own body, my own emotions, instead of this constant looking outside, I need sound, science, I need an experiment to validate what I feel is true, what I'm feeling I'm calling for my masculine is just like, that's evidence. That's the evidence that I need right there. And if someone else, if a different experiment hasn't proved it, I can always bring up the placebo effect. I'm a big fan of the placebo effect. If you think it's gonna work, it's gonna work. The brain body connection is incredible and super strong that way. So just, I love that, that shift that has just come up for me of like everything going on in here is my most important evidence. And I can look outside for other evidence. I find it very interesting. I still love to read scientific papers, but I'm not going to discount what my body is telling me based on some person I've never met. And that feels, oh, that feels so good. Like that, that feels like empowerment.
0: Absolutely. Oh, woman, such good words for that. There's a piece that just kind of popped up for me when you were speaking. And it's this piece of, when, you know, after you kind of walk this path for a while and you've got masculine and feminine and they're doing their, their harmonious dance is you don't care where truth comes from. You don't care if truth comes from the scientific paper that you read or if it comes from a gut feeling or a dream from, from within. Literally, there is nowhere that is not the divine talking to you. There is no thing that is not the divine talking to you and it can come through something very logical, very rational, very reasonable. And, but you have this discerning capacity of you're, you're literally like constantly listening, feeling for truth. That's it. That's it. The whole thing is just like, we, we, we almost start to like read the grid of life from a very different place and there is no thing that is not part of the grid of life. There is no thing that our sensory system can't like touch into translate, kind of lead us on our, our own breadcrumb trail or to help us, you know, with the next, the next step that we're being called to in the world.
1: I love that. And I like it really brings home this notion of like, like our scientific backgrounds were not in any way like a detriment to the path we're on now. They're like a support, a very supportive and necessary part of it. Like the training that I think both of our minds got and that, I mean, most people get in high school is that like very rational, like focused training has been a huge gift along this journey and is nowhere in opposition to it. They all, are all heading in the same direction.
0: Absolutely. We could not do what we do in the world through rewilding, through reunion, through Sabrina Lynn. We, we could not do what we do in the world without that aspect of ourselves being so highly trained. There, I, I could not hold this work out in the world if my masculine wasn't trained to that degree. And if they weren't able to weave and dance together in the way we couldn't. We couldn't have just done what we did over the last week as a team if all of our (laughs) masculines and feminines within ourselves and within our team weren't jiving and dancing and flowing because it is a very intuitive process. It is a very love-filled process. It is a very connected process. But then there's also, okay, we need the technical skills to put the stuff online. We need to have a, a, a plan and we need to implement and do to make everything happen that we make happen.
1: Yeah, it's so true. So I know we only have a few minutes left, but there's a question that I know people are dying to hear more about. And that is a little bit about your journey through reclaiming your sexuality and where you started challenges that you came against and like, what truly is possible? Because we hear about things in books that we're like, "Is that real? I don't know if that's real." Like, what? What are you? What have you been able to reclaim in your life? What do you know is possible? Versus, where did you start? And a little bit of just maybe some hints on how to get there. Awesome. Um,
0: so, my sexuality is also very linked to the piece that we spoke about earlier around the the feminine and the opening up to the feminine and the opening up to my body wisdom. My body wisdom and my sexuality were hand in hand, totally linked, totally linked. And so for me, working with the feminine and working with the aliveness in my body, just innately, naturally, organically, authentically brought my sexuality, um, healed my sexuality, awakened my sexuality, opened my sexuality, and, and linked my sexuality to sacredness, linked it to divinity, linked it to something so much greater than just um, pleasure, which is what it was linked to when I was younger. It's all I knew. Um, for me, I will be so incredibly open and so incredibly vulnerably honest about this. I did not, I was incapable of having an orgasm with another human being until my thirties. Incapable, faked them all, faked them all. Like it almost ruined my marriage when I had to tell my husband in my twenties, like, Hey babe, P.S. Never had an orgasm. And like it shattered him rightfully. So I've been lying this whole time, but I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to, but I, and, and I remember this was so wild. I, you know, like, it's so funny how we know things. We don't know how we know them, but I was a little bit wise when I was in my twenties. And I would say, I'm not giving that to you. Like I I could orgasm with myself, was very like routine though. It was very much this pressure, this motion, this speed, this, and that's all nervous system. That's all nervous system training. Um, But I would say I'm not giving that to you. I'm, I, 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 don't trust you with that. Basically. I am not, I'm, I'm not willing to go into the vulnerable place that it is for me to express pleasure in that place to, for you, with you. Um, so that was exciting and really fun. <laughs> and I remember going to a beautiful um, shamanic-based practitioner, sound healer, um, hands-on healer. And she was very, uh, very linked to sexual trauma, sexual healing, had just done lots and lots and lots, years and years and years of work in her own life. And predominantly people who came to see her, it was around sexual trauma and sexual um, healing and all of that. I just went to go see her because I was in one of her trainings programs and she says to me I she's like I know this is a vulnerable question for you Sabrina but do you have sexual trauma in your past like do you have experiences of sexual trauma I went I I don't like I yeah I've not had like the greatest sex life but I don't have the things that I was forced into doing. I don't have bad childhood sexual experiences. I, I, I don't have that. She's like, I just want to share with you that your body and your energetics are presenting deep sexual trauma. And that kind of floored me. It kind of floored me of how can I and, and I could feel the truth in it. So I'm also one of those persons to be very, very discerning about every healer, every teacher, all of that But know, like, trust yourself first. But there was something there that was true. There was something there that was really, really true. And what I came to understand, and I'm sharing this because I see this presenting in so many men and women that I work with is we actually have absorbed sexual trauma that we can't logically put an experience to, we can't tie it to an experience. And I couldn't, I was one of those who couldn't. Going down the path a little bit, I had absorbed. And, you know, for me, like I could even trace it back to being in my mother's womb. And in my mother's womb, I'm the firstborn child. In my mother's womb and going back into... uh, meditations around that and just like embodiment things and like rebirthing process and breath work and all sorts of different different things to go back and, and to really like re-experience that I absorbed family sexual trauma in the womb. I came into this world with it. And then for me, that's my experience. And that doesn't have to be everyone's framework or everyone's belief system. And then to have been raised in a family system where that's a psychic thing. So my mom actually has the physical experiences of very intense sexual trauma, like physically having happened to her um, on many occasions. But to live in a to live in that psychic space of even that being there, and and the amount of sexual trauma that's hidden. So even if we don't have parents who are speaking about it or family members that are speaking about it when we're growing up. And even if that's not necessarily in our family dynamics, the collective, what are we plugging into in high school, in college, in childhood experiences with other children? What are we plugging into in the media every fucking day? What are we plugging into in these patterns of, porn, like our first sexual experiences for most of us are watching on television something, or I don't think we even watch television. I don't have a television. I have no idea how that, how that all operates, but wherever we're watching. And, and so to me, there is, there is so much. And, and this isn't just from my personal experience. This is again, from holding these spaces, these big spaces for sexual healing, for the reclamation of the fullness of our sexuality for men and women and and how deep this runs, how big this is, how far beyond just our experiences in this life that that this is. And I'm gonna wrap it up on a really good note though. So I know I've just like gone into the gutter with everything and just like into the pits of despair. Like, oh my God, (laughs) this is way bigger than I even thought it was. Where sexuality can go is to a place that I would have never imagined true, never imagined possible. I share tiny little glimpses with like my mom or my family. And and it's just like, what the, you must be full of it. That, that, That can't possibly be something that is true. To me, like sexuality is the amount of, when we get to like raw essence of sexuality, like the raw, it is creative force. It is life force itself. And we are working with, you know, if, if we're being sexual with another being, we're working with like that raw life force of that being and your raw life force. And if we can come to a place where all of the wounding and the fears and the, you know, the blocks and the locks and the physical stuff and all of that stuff is, no, is not dulling the shine. It's not dulling the shine. It's not dulling the energy. Like if it can just be the raw essence of this amazing life force itself, what those energies can do is beyond the beyond. Like we talk about sex transmutation. It's just that we, we've, barely touched into what's possible when we awaken to not just with another being, but even like the fullness of our sexual essence and it not being cramped or kinked or distorted or, or blocked down, or we don't have fears around it. We don't have all, all the shame around it. We don't have the, all of that stuff. Like I can't even explain the, the vitality that comes if we want to take it down to orgasms. Right. So let's, kind of bring it full circle, Sabrina, who could never have orgasms, pfft, like full body orgasms in yoga, right? Like being with another being, it's like the greatest gift on the planet. And it's not just cervical orgasms where you're going in like the little circle at the right pace, at the right speed at the right time. It's like, full. did I say cervical? I think I meant to say clit, clitoral orgasms, but it's like full waves of cervical orgasms where it's like, the, the the nectar of the gods is like raining out of your yoni, and this being is just like, oh my god, I didn't. This is where enlightenment is. It's in between your legs, <laughs> right? And and like a man, like my partners are men, and like a man's, it's not just a penis or a cock. It becomes the shaft of light. It's legitimately like, oh my, oh my god this amazing light and love is pouring out of you to gift me and open me to the all of everything. That, that's not fake. Those are not like foo-foo-la-la great stories to hear about. It's real, it's real. And I was a person who, if you would have told me that in my twenties, I would have given you the finger and
1: laughed at you. I feel like that was the ad for the feminine awakening path (laughs) right there. (laughs) That's how, that's how I'm going to talk my friends into it. That's how I'm going to talk everyone I know into it is right there. You, you said something in um, a YouTube video that we did last week on the sacred prostitute um, and awakening is the path to awakening with Mary Magdalene. Uh, And you said that. Sexuality, so many spiritual traditions and religions have, were unable to divinize sexuality because of how many shadows and wounds and distortions there are tied to it. So they just repressed it. But if you, if you can get there with sexuality, like that's all, that's everything. Like, there's no place our sexuality isn't tied. And so doing this path of feminine awakening, of embodiment, of divinizing the body, of going into our shadows, going into our basement, that's, that's the sexual awakening path. That's the feminine path. That's, I can't imagine anything better. That's all I want to do. <laughs>
0: This was a great way to end this, Leo. Like, good one. (laughs) Way to bring the grand finale in.
1: Yeah, that worked out. That worked out perfectly. So for our friends listening at home who are interested in, you know, full body orgasms during yoga or anything else we talked about, we have a number of, um, really amazing programs coming up. Um, Along with, we have this podcast, we have a YouTube channel with a ton of free resources. And then we have a couple programs coming up that uh, Sabrina, it would be great if you wanted to share. We have three planned right now. If you wanna dive into those a little bit and maybe who's interested, who should feel into which programs. Awesome. So first I'll talk specifically
0: about feminine reclamation and that's our six spaces retreat that's coming up. So if it's just, I'm at a place where I really want to open up to the feminine within my body. I want to do the embodiment work. I want to work with Shakti. I want to work with the different aspects of the feminine. I really want to work with love and I want to work with kind of waking all of that up. That's six faces of the feminine and that's a three-day virtual online retreat. So then this reunion piece that Leo and I have like kept talking about just because it's so fresh for us and we're still so in it the reunion piece is the fullness of the feminine joining the fullness of the masculine so it's really the working both of those (laughs) i love that leo i love the little dance um so that's the reunion piece that's a three-month journey so that's a little bit of a different format uh, three months together, where it's more of a container, like this longer period of time, longer in the cooker, kind of this like more alchemical um, space, holding for the internal shifts, and really um, that is also touches into um, soul alignment, like living from that aligned place, living from that, um, living from that fullness that really walking into whole self peace. So that's reunion. Um, also, we work a lot with sacred union and we work a lot with sexuality because how can you not bring the masculine, and the feminine together and not have explosions of creative life force, orgasmic energy happening? It's, it's just, it's impossible. So that's the reunion experience. And then we'll be doing another three-day retreat. That's soul purpose retreat. So that's really, um, I don't know that I have a whole lot of words around that, but that's more like um, wanting to feel into purpose in this life. Like my purpose, my callings, my also opening up to the karmic line, like releasing some of the karmic past life imprints and underneath a lot of those karmic past life imprints, if we can release them, we open up to these innate soul gifts. So these innate soul gifts start to come out. Like for for instance, for me, one of my innate soul gifts is the work that I do in the world. I wasn't doing this until I had done my soul purpose work. I wasn't doing this until I had excavated these things and, and had to see, oh my gosh, I have so much fear around weaving sexuality, which is a huge part of my work, is weaving sexuality. So it's almost like... Sometimes our, um, our greatest gifts out into the world lie beneath our greatest wounds. And so it's a little bit of working with that and finding the alignment piece. And I think that's good. Otherwise I'll keep rambling on about, about those.
1: Thank you for doing that. Um, I, I knew you'd have better words than I would. Um, and I just wanna remind people as they're feeling into these different retreats that you know, we can, we can put as many words into them as possible and it will never capture the essence that, and healing is not a linear journey. It is incredibly nonlinear. It is incredibly intuitive. There are shifts that will happen. That'll open up something over there. So just as you're feeling into, if any of these programs or retreats called to you, just really trusting your intuition because you never know, like maybe working with the dark goddess will, change your sexuality and maybe working with the divine masculine will upgrade your soul purpose like you just it's hard to say so just really trusting yourself and going in in that open intuitive curious state
0: yeah woman that's so perfect I love it. I loved this, Leo. I'm so grateful. This has been an awesome conversation. I would have never gone to these places without you being here. And just the way that you brought the insights through and brought different words and a different angle of things is such a gift. So I'm super, super grateful.
1: Yeah, this was really fun. I was very nervous. Um, and but of course, I don't know why I imagined a conversation with you wouldn't be really fun. We have great conversations all the time. We just recorded it this time. <laughs> totally. Oh
0: woman, thank you and to all of you listening, just so much gratitude. It's great to co-create with you and be with you in this way and all of the other ways that we are together too. All right.
1: All right, I think we gotta go to the next thing.
0: <laughs> all right. I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs>
1: Love you. Talk to you later. Bye.